That's it to right field. Long run for Pilar. And Pilar all out into foul territory to make the play. Bogarts with a drive out to right field. Judges back on it, and that one's gone. Against all odds. Here's a high fly ball driven deep to right. Verdugo back to the pen. Leaps up. He caught it. He caught the ball. He took it back. And I will keep on waiting for a better day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the pesky poll podcast episode 79 how you guys doing today joining me we have a very special guest that you guys have seen probably about five times on the show so far we were supposed to have another guy in here adam also but literally right as we were about to record my parents came in and told me hey we have a showing in 10 minutes get the hell out of the house and we couldn't get all three of us back on so joining me is the great the legend the man who many will refer to as devastly handsome, second best haircut in the room, host of Down to the Wire, Brian Costa. Brian, how you doing? Rob, I'm doing pretty well. Now, I I gotta say, uh, second best haircut I got. I, I got I'm, maybe I don't know about that one. Yeah, well, let's we'll talk about that. Uh, thank you, thank you for the uh, thank you for the astounding intro. I don't think that I I've earned legendary status as of this point, but. I'll, but I'll gladly take it if it means if it means that on your show, uh, Rob. I'm really glad to be here. How are you doing, man? Well, I'm not doing too bad. Every time you come on, the intro is just going to get far more over dramatic. All right. I like it. Let's keep it going. <laughs> all right, but we have a, a lot of stuff to get into this week. Been a very big week for us Red Sox Nation in terms of just news, trade deadline talks, mock drafts, all that fun stuff. So let's get right into it make sure that if you're listening on spotify itunes any of those places make sure you follow me so you can hear me and whoever i have on whether it's brian adam somebody else or a minor league prospect or even a major leaguer again all right for those of you who don't know for those of you who are new i have had one major leaguer on go check out the garrett whitlock episode back in december but make sure you follow me so you can see all that whenever i go live so first Let's get right into it. Red Sox still atop the AL East. This was once considered a four-team race for the AL East. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider that anymore. No, no. You know, we're the tied for the best record in the league with the Astros, mm-hmm. which I don't like to say, but sadly true. But in that, in terms of AL East standings, Rays somehow are keeping up with us. I don't know how they do it. They could throw anybody out there and they're still going to win. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Rays so far have, you know, just absolutely, I don't know how they do it. I mean, you lost Blake Snell, you lose all these great guys, especially you talking about like Glass now to uh, Tommy John surgery. And the fact that they can still compete is, you know, it's mind boggling the fact that they can still, that they're still able to do that. Now, I'm hoping that, you know, Heim Bloom, you know, has that kind of an impact on Boston where, you know, you're able to get enough prospects that, you know, you know, your farm system is just that strong that, you know, you lose one guy and, you know, another two can fill in their place. Like, I hope that's what Boston can do. But my God, the Tampa Bay Rays have been outstanding, outstandingly impressive this year. They've been insanely impressive. But if we look at this, right, Red Sox, if the, if the season were to end today, Red Sox, Rays are in. White Sox, Indians, 
Astros Athletics. Mm. The other two teams are the Mariners and the Blue Jays. And the next team up is the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And then finally it's the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Bro, we have a world where we have the Yankees not even close to playoff contention. Thank God. No, I mean it's finally time. It's finally time you hand them some humility. It's about damn time. Thank you, God. Like about time I, they get off their high horse. No, I mean it really is. I mean I've had uh for anyone who's watched my show and you know done stuff over there. I've go had watch on, it. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go watch down to the wire. But if you but for anyone who's uh watched some of our watched some of our episodes, you'll know over there that I have uh, that I've had on this guest that I met on TikTok, and you know he's a really great guest to have over there. His name is uh. He's kept his name kind of secret as of now, but his name on TikTok is is at is at Hey underscore Kami. Uh, he's a he's a really nice guy. He's uh, actually he's actually a filmmaker who's uh, he's actually making a biopic on Tommy John. Really interesting guy, and you know he he's made a couple uh, big, big uh, content episodes where he's kind of dissected the problem with the New York Yankees. And the the thing that I found really interesting with it because he's not a Yankees fan, but but he's just but just the just the problem that the New York Yankees have created for themselves. He feels like he has to chime in at this point. And, you know, the big thing that he's gone in with them about has been, you know, the fact that, you know, what, is, what he, he, he said this to me and he said, Brian, what are, what is the thing that, you know, the great Yankee teams of all time of all time, you know, looking back to like the days of Ruth Gehrig and all those guys, what did they have? Star you power. Know? Well, star power has always been Competent big manager. It was a competent manager, but uh, but you know the a big catcher. He, fair, no, these are all fair points, Robert. I I understand that, but the thing that he the thing that he you know really wanted to go out and and say was you know one of the key problems that the Yankees face today is that their their offense is set, is too centered around right-handed power hitters and not around lefties. You know, you look at those old teams and you look at you look at Garrett, you look at Mantle, you look at DiMaggio, you look at you, you look at, you know, all those different guys. They were all left handed power hitters that played incredibly well at Yankee Stadium. I mean, listen, Aaron Judge for what he can do. It's great. You know, I, you know, Giancarlo Stanton, even if he was healthy, it would be awesome, you know, but unfortunately, that's just never the case with him. Gary mm -hmm. Sanchez can hit it a mile, but can't catch for his life. You know, it. You know, you look at the you look at the New York Yankees, and the big problem with them is that they don't have that is that they don't have that big left-handed bat that can really that can really you know be uh, effective on on the left on the uh, right field deck. Mm -hmm. No, and plus, Yankee Stadium was built for left-hand hitters. Exactly. That's the, that's exactly that's the what key it was that's for. killing me here. But along with that, obviously, pitching has been a very big problem for them. Cole is still great, but is shaky. Yeah, no. So here's the It's probably the best word. Yeah, no. Cole is Cole still Cole still good. So here's the thing, and you know, qu uh, quickly, I, the one the one of the other things I wanted to touch on with the left-handed power hitter thing was that you know the Yankees had a shot that uh, they were considering at one point trading for trading for a guy like Kyle Schwarber. Now Kyle Schwarber, they were trying trying to con they were trying to trade for him back when he was like Babe Ruth in 2015, and then he dropped off, and now he's Babe Ruth again in 2021. It's like and it's like who is this guy? Is he? How consistent is he really? And, you know, we're going to, you know, we'll see, we'll see what kind of a player he is after this year and what maybe he demands in terms of a contract. But, you know, you know, that is something that they're, that the Yankees have desperately missed, but you know, the pitching is also, has also been kind of a big, uh, big conundrum as well. Cause you know, you look at, you look at Garrett Cole and you see that uh, and you see that huge amount of money that they spent on him. And, you know, the big, the other thing that I get that guy uh, from TikTok on my show to talk about mainly is, uh, 
I get on, I get him on a lot to talk about, you know, you know, foreign substances. And he has gone after Garrett Cole ridiculously for how much he uses foreign substance. He will ridicule him to the world's end because of it. And I think, I think, you know, I, I agree with him. There's a, there's a reason that you should, because Garrett Cole was obviously doing something now. He now he digresses by saying, listen, I think Garrett Cole is still an ace regardless of that stuff, but he's going to be more Pittsburgh Garrett Cole, which was, you know, get the ball on the ground. There's going to be more balls in play, but, you know, he can still throw it 100 miles an hour. So Honestly, I miss that Garrett Cole. No, that Garrett Cole was that Garrett Cole was fun to watch. That's what you know, that's what, you know, the allure of Garrett Cole was. Then he went to Houston, started blowing balls by everyone. It was just like it was like, OK, this guy just isn't even fair anymore. Now you're starting to see a little bit more of that Pittsburgh Garrett Cole. And it kind of and it kind of looks like the you know, it looks a little bit more like the old guy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't surprise how everything changed in Houston, does it? Mm-hmm. That's not surprising in the slightest. But any other teams you want to comment quickly on before we, before we move on? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've been impressed with I've been impressed with a lot of teams throughout the league so far this year. I mean, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm, you know, in the I have. I like to say that I can have an NL team when you when you root for stuff like that. And, you know, frankly, I've been impressed that the New York Mets have been, you know, have been uh, as in it as been have been as in it as they have. You know, typically, you know, you don't expect them to, you know, really have this kind of a run in them, especially with a guy like Noah Syndergaard out. But frank, mm-hmm. but frankly, Jacob deGrom has just been on another planet this year. He is he's the best player in baseball. I know people are like, like to talk about Shohei Otani, but Jacob deGrom by far is the best player in baseball. Honestly, if I'm giving out a Cy Young, I'm giving it out to deGrom. And if I have an MVP, I'm probably giving it to deGrom. Yeah, no, like he he literally earned if he he is the definition of a guy who deserves an MVP this year because what he's still hitting like over like well above 300 this year. Mm-hmm. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Okay. A couple teams that I want to comment on first out out West. First, um, the Diamondbacks are the first team to reach 60 at uh, 60 losses. They have a 28% <laughs> win rate. Jesus. They um, they've only played what? 89 games and they yeah. have 64 losses. That's so bad. Dodgers and eh. Giants, how you doing? Thoughts yeah. about that. No, the San Brewers. Francisco Giants have been incredible this year. I mean, you want to, I mean, you know, it, you know, we, uh, people talk enough about uh, Jacob Degrom, but Kevin Gosman, man, he has just been on another. He's been on another planet this year. He, Bro, he's you know, been good. Like if you, like listen, like Kevin Gosman is having is having an amazing season, but unfortunately, it, it's not going to be recognized because Superman is on the field right now and he's playing he's playing in City Field. Now I know that I know uh I know for a long time the New York Mets used to have the Dark Knight with Matt Harvey, but yep. now they have Superman with with Jacob Degrom. Yeah, and here's the thing: he's in a big. DeGrom's in a big market. I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily consider San Francisco a big market. Yeah. Uh, Brewers killing the NL Central. No one's even close. No. Mets obviously doing well. Phillies kind of clawing their way back. They're four games back. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phillies, Braves, and Nationals are all tied right now. Yeah. Basically. If we head over to the AL, Red Sox obviously taken. Rays, we already talked about. Blue Jays, as we expected them to be, just a Barely above 500 team. Got loads of potential, though. White Sox running away with theirs. Indians are 1-9 in their last 10. Mm. Andrew Benintendi deserves better. RIP your career for now. <laughs> and Astros Athletics, Mariners surprise, and everyone might make a playoff run. They might. I mean, it'll be the first time since, what, like 2001 <laughs> since, they've, since they've made it? I, I think it's 2001 since it's, it's been since they've made the playoffs. It's 
I feel terrible for them because you know the last time they made it, I was I was a I was a baby. So, mm-hmm. um, so going off of some stats, anyone really surprised you on this team so far? Anyone surprised me really so far? You know, I remember before we before we hit the record button. I know you want to save the meat of your argument for later, but you were talking about Nathan Evaldi a little bit. Yeah, Nathan Evaldi has surprised me. Now, I mean, listen, I I think earlier on in the season, I was pretty disappointed by his uh by his performance because you know for how much we're paying the guy, I think that he should have been doing a little bit more than you know just having an ERA sub four. But mm-hmm. yeah, kind of. But lately, he's been. But lately, you know, I, I and his like last seven to ten starts or so. He's had one of the better, better ERAs in baseball for starting pitchers. And, you know, the thing with Eovaldi is, you know, he, he plays kind of like Clay Buckles, but, you know, he's a much better pitcher, I think, than Clay Buckles ever was. But like him and Clay Buckles, they both play on little league schedules. You know, they mm-hmm. both play where they both play where, where it's like where it's like, oh, I can give you this many games, but you want me to you want me to make it through a, hundred, a whole 162 game season of pitching. I'm not going to be able to do that for you. Like something's going to happen at some point with Nathan Eovaldi. You just have to, you, unfortunately, it's just like waiting for a, it's like waiting for a bomb to go off. Like it's going to happen, but it's, it's just a matter of time. But, you know, so far it's been really good to see. Like I really enjoy what Eovaldi does. Cause when his stuff is going, it's some of the most electric stuff in the league. It's really awesome. It's really awesome to like watch. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know who I'm going to say, all right. Whitlock's been the glue to this bullpen. The bullpen yeah, well, average this year, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole pitching, but mm-hmm. that is miles and miles above where we were last year. And that was our huge problem was our pitching, right? Yeah. You get a couple guys. I mean, Matt Andreese has done absolutely nothing, but you get a couple guys in here, right? You get this guy to be the best statistically, the best pitcher on your team. Mm-hmm. And we got him out of the rule five. Yeah. Our last, He's our, think about this at the Red Sox, our last two, Roll five draft have been hits, which usually doesn't happen. No, the rule five draft is usually it's usually just a shot in the dark. Sometimes you'll land a guy like that, but other times, you know, you'll never hear of the guy. Mm-hmm. And and you have to keep him on your roster for the full year. Yeah, you know. But last year we had Jonathan Arauz, who really locked down the second base spot for us last year. Yes, it was a yeah. struggling team, and did he help us get wins? Not really, but no. it was still a very it was still a very positive thing in a year full of terrible. Whitlock, on the other hand, it's insane. Yeah, imagine how he would have been on this Yankees team. Yeah, it would have been that would have been something to, that would have been that would have really been a benefit to them. Uh, you know, another player that I think really is, you know, you know, you talked about uh, Jonathan Arauz kind of being a being a lock being a lock at second base of the Red Sox last year. I really want to talk about Christian Arroyo because he I was really, just about to say. I was about to say he is really been a he's really been a staple for us at second base because you know. Ever since Pedroia, you know, you know, I know he retired this this winter, but frankly, since 2017, there's been just a hole over at second base. I know Brock Holt tried to fill it for a little bit, and he did he did a solid job there, and it was fine. But Brock Holt is he's kind of a stopgap guy that you put anywhere. We he's should not have had a tra- him last year. No, we really should have, and it would have probably helped us a little bit more. Not not really in terms of the standings, but for the you know, it would have exactly would have made us. But but you know, Brock Holt's the type of guy that he can play any position on the field. He's not like maybe he is a true second baseman, but like I never saw him as, as it being like, Oh, Brock Holt's the second baseman with Christian Arroyo. It's the first, you know, true second baseman that I can say like, okay, like we actually have a legit guy at the position for the first time in a while. Like I was, you know, I was watching during the season. I was like, this guy isn't, I was like, this isn't the guy like this isn't going to last for us, but so far he's batting 265. He has, he has a couple knocks. I mean, you know, 
it's funny. My brother, every time that Christian Arroyo hits a home run, he'll just run down the stairs to me and he'll, he'll just yell out, Christian effing Arroyo. Let's go, baby. Let's go. And he'll get so hyped up. And I'm just like, why are you so hyped about this guy? And, you know, I, I didn't understand for a while, but, you know, he's been a lock and he's been really legit over there. And, you know, I, I hope the best for him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just outside of our guys. We haven't are outside of our like main guys. I mean, everyone in the starting lineup right now, excluding Bobby Dahlbeck, has been pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, above the league average. Kike is like right on the cusp, but everyone else yeah. has been above the league average in hitting so far, which we'll talk about in a second. But other than that, but once we have some of these other guys come in, I wish read off some names. Marwin, 206. Danny Santana, 167. Cordero, 179. Aplawecki's been doing very good, but he's injured currently. Chavis, 207. Arauz, who's barely played, 250. We don't really have any sort of hitting off the bench, which we... If you look at some of the great teams, that's been one staple to them. Obviously, it hasn't been why they've won, but... It's always been a, it's always been a factor. Like you think of the Red Sox in that series, uh, in that opening uh, ALDS series against the New York Yankees, you had Eduardo Nunez coming out, come off the bench for that pinch hit home run. You had guys that were able to do that. Now, you know, unfortunately, there are guys in the starting lineup who can't even do that because you have Balby Dahlbeck, who in my mind reminds me of reminds me of an out of his prime guy playing in a beer league. It like you know, unfortunately, it doesn't ever look like it's coming together for him. But you know, he'll get it together at some point. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm just like, come on, Bobby, like. It's about time, like figure it out, man. But, you know, we definitely need some help because, you know, I thought Danny Santana was going to be a much better impact player, you know, considering the 2019 that he had with the, uh, with the Rangers, he had what, like 29 home runs was, uh, he came in here and was hot. Yeah. He came in and hit hit a home run, like in his first at bat or something like that. It was insane. Mm -hmm. And then straight up cooled off. No, not cooled off. He went like, he like, you know, basically he like went extinct. Like he, like you didn't hear from him again. Mm Mm-hmm. But all I got to say is uh, the guy who has the best um, the best batting average on the team, Garrett Whitlock. <laughs> Batting 500. Put some respect on his name. So th- that bugs me so much. My, my friend Pat Edwards from high school, he was a pitcher only, and he always bragged about having a 500 batting average. I was like, Pat, shut the hell up. You had He's two at bats. No, he no, my friend, no, Pat. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't met him yet, but actually, no, you met Pat. You, you had he was on he was on my you, you yeah. met him when he was on my it show. Does, that doesn't surprise me. No, he he, he 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 would always talk about he would always talk about oh Brian, I had a 500 batting average in high school. I was like, yeah, Pat, you were a PO and you got in in a you got in, in a game where we were blowing the doors off some team. Mm-hmm. All right, so real quick before we move on, I know you had a real big problem with this list at the beginning of the year. Because you hate the war stat. I do hate the war stat. But I'm going to go through our top 10 players based on war this year. Our okay, let's hear, it. All right, let's hear it. Be- let's hear it because if Matt Andre Ace finds himself anywhere in this argument, I'm no. hanging up the Zoom call. Okay, no, good. No, not. All right, okay, this, good. These are all now realistic. Okay, Bogarts, let's hear it. Bogarts okay, ob- obviously, that's an obvious one. Avaldi. Yes. JD. All right, I see it. Kike. Yeah, Kike, here's the thing. Kike's come alive lately, and I've, I've enjoyed it because, you know, Kike's actually started to uh, turn himself into a legit uh, leadoff hitter, and that's been great to see. 100% finally turning the season around batting average-wise. Uh, yep. Pavetta at six. 
yeah, Pavetta has been a real big surprise for me this so far this year. You know, when he came over from the Phillies, I didn't expect much. I didn't know if he was going to be a four A player with us and, you know, only come up and, you know, you know, I, I didn't know if he was just going to be a guy that's just up and down from the minor leagues, but he's been really solid for us. Bro, dude will go out here and give your team seven no hit innings and then dip. Yeah. No, I really don't understand it. Like Nick Pavetta like came out of the woodwork for me this year. Mm-hmm. Whitlock is seven. Yeah, okay. Yeah, your guy. Okay. Verdugo's eight. Yes. Barnes. Yeah, all star. Renfro. Hunter Renfro is it Hunter Renfro has pleasantly surprised me this year. You know, he's he has batting, it around. He has turned it around. He's batting two fifty nine. You know, he is starting to, you know, pull the ball to not pull the ball, but he is actually able to send the ball to the opposite field a little bit better this season than than in years past. Uh, you know, I I hoped I I kind of wish he isn't as power centric, but that's what he's known for, and he's known for hitting balls out the yard. So let's hope he can keep it up. Mm-hmm. And the last two are Vasky and Arroyo. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, Christian Arroyo, obviously, I was talking about him before the show. He's coming. He's come on as of lately, and Christian Vasquez as well is, you know, been really good to see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have I have problems with the war stat mostly because you know you were talking about Matt Andres being like it, so high up. At the he was he was number seven for us at the start of the year. No, exactly. And you almost I think, left. <laughs> I'm not saying that war is is a completely useless stat because I think that I think that there are things that war can you know have its uses for but i my my big complaint with war is that teams over rely the hell on it and it's yes. like it's like you, you shouldn't you can't be... look at one stat unless it's batting average or era too much no i mean those are the two and... stats you should take literally per batum. everything else you should just take with a grain of salt yeah i mean there, there are some things with that I, I i maybe you can make some exceptions uh, but you know, for the most part, like I, I, that's that's my big problem with war. It's that I think teams over rely on it because it'll like when Mookie Betts got snubbed for the MVP in 2016 because they said Mike Trout had a better war than him. But literally every other stat that Mookie Betts had was higher. But but they said, oh, but Mike Trout had a better war because because and you know, war obviously for anyone who knows it stands for wins above replacement. I'm just like, well, who's Mike Trout replacing? Some like some, you know, barely able to make it minor leaguer that just that starts whenever Mike Trout has a hamstring injury, like which, you know, up until that point really never happened. It's so frustrating to see because I think it, I think, you know, it, at times it can be useful, but at mo- but at many other times it's just it, it's just devastating. Mm-hmm. No, man, I can I can see that. And I don't know, the war, the worst that's just been weird for me. You know, some yeah. you're, you're completely right on it. But anyway. So, um, what's I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, with this team, obviously, we're tied for the best team in the league. But we do have some weaknesses still in our um, team. Pitching's mm-hmm. average. We could use another outfielder. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are certain things that we can improve on. Yeah. We have a boatload of people in the farm system. Anybody you consider trading away. Any prospects, and who would you want to get back? Uh, you know, I'm in terms of in terms of prospects, I'm holding on to Jaron Duran for dear life at this point. I'm not touching him because he looks like he actually has like legit star potential. I said it on my show. I think that Jaron Duran at his max could be what what could be what uh, Jacoby Ellsbury was in 2011. I think Jaron Duran. I think Jaron Duran could be that every single season for the Red Sox because he is just knocking balls out of Polar Park like an absolute monster right now. Now, a guy that, you know, I think I've talked, I think you talked to me about him on this show and was saying that he could be in the major leagues pretty soon. Yep. You know, 
and maybe maybe he could get better with a couple years of uh with a couple years of experience down there but if i'm the red sox i would take a look at possibly moving marcus wilson and you know for anyone who's anyone who knows marcus wilson he's a he's a corner outfielder in triple a currently for the red sox you know he, he has a pretty solid bat but you know and maybe this is just from going to one game but uh you know me and me and uh, a couple of my friends we went out to polar park and man Marcus Wilson was struggling mightily defensively in the outfield. Like there were some, there were some plays where he was just, you know, maybe you could blame it on twilight. Maybe you could blame it on different things like that. But Marcus Wilson looked, you know, there were, there were some plays where he was looking absolutely just foolish in the outfield. And, you know, I, I wish him the best as a player. I think that he has an insane potential, more potential than, than you or I could have ever had in baseball, but, you know, just looking at him in general, I think that, I think that maybe you could package him for something and get, and get, you know, get something for him because you know i don't know if that defense will ever be able to improve like at that like that Mm -hmm. um i'm trying to look right now here we go 2021 free agent spine position this is what i want to see so let's go to outfielders and it gave me last year's no i i know let me just give me a second because Sometimes my laptop just doesn't want to yeah. help me out. But let's see if there's anyone out here. Because I'm kind of thinking you trade away a prospect for somebody who will be a one and done. Yeah. If you're going to do outfield, at least. I think Marcus Wilson is the type of guy that you could get for a one and done. Now, if, if you're going, if you're trying to go for a blockbuster trade, then Jaron Duran will have to go, unfortunately. I don't want him to go because, again, I've seen him play on multiple occasions now at this point. The guy has tremendous speed now. If I had to if I had to explain Jaron Duran, I would say it's Jacoby Ellsbury with more power but less speed, and I don't think that's a knock on Jaron Duran. I just think that's saying that Jacoby Ellsbury was was just so fast that you can't really beat that. But Jaron Duran is very quick himself. Now, you know he can absolutely just blast balls out of the ballpark. Like we saw, I like I saw him at Polar Park, and he had he went two for four with two home runs. You know one one was a leadoff uh, on the second pitch of the game, and you know he hit he hit this thing up there, and. When he hits a baseball, man, it like it like goes up into this jet stream at Polar Park and it like curves out and it just goes out of the ballpark so quick, but it almost looks like it just keeps on rising. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like the amount of power that that guy can generate. I mean, he's standing in the back of the box, very like close up stance, like nothing really to it. But then he just explodes through the baseball and absolutely launches it. And then he had another one in, then he had another one in the ninth inning where he went the opposite way and he sent one into the left field. Uh, There's like a little kind of like a, like water bucket thing in left field that he sent it into. And, you know, there was a kind of a splash thing there. So he's able to work the ball multiple ways, has has a great defensive, you know, is really good defensively. I would try to hold on to him because I think he could actually be, you know, you know, while Kike has turned into a legit leadoff hitter this year, Jaron Duran could could possibly could very possibly be uh, the leadoff bat that we need, or even the bat off the bench that we need this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple names. Most of them kind of older ish that we could maybe trade for. That's going to be for outfield. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you eleven names. All right. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> Charlie Blackman, Dexter. Fowler. I love. Okay, I about to say I love myself some Charlie Blackman. I know he isn't necessarily the guy he was a couple years ago, but Charlie Blackman. I think he could play great for Fenway with his bat and what he could do here. He, mm-hmm. he would play perfectly for Fenway and just the atmosphere in general. I think I love him here. 
here's the thing. He's 36. We need you for four months. We need your best for four months. And exactly the the Rockies, or the Rockies aren't great this year. They suck. No, they're, so he they're could, not going to ask for a lot from a dude who's 36 on the last year of his contract. Yeah, he he's he's pretty much just coasting at this point. He's trying to just get that that you know that that last kind of contract that he can maybe uh you know ride out for a rink. He's gonna want to go to a contender of some sort. So mm-hmm. if he can go to the Red Sox, maybe compete at some level, I I, I could see him going all out for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Castellanos, McCutcheon, Ian Desmond, AJ Pollock, Gregory Polanco, Starling Marte, Michael Conforto. JBJ, and probably the best of them all, Kevin Pillar. <laughs> Man, Kevin Pillar, you know, I had a better version lo- of Hunt for Renfro on this team. Yeah, I'd love to see Kevin Pillar back here. Now, JBJ, that that obviously is not happening. He, we we've kind of blew that opportunity. You know, when we had the chance to sign him. Uh, no, I still think that, so. I still think if he got if he got a text today saying, "Hey, you're traded to Boston." I think he'd be excited just because of the way this team's turning. I hope he would be, but you know, you know, I love JBJ defensively, but you know, if you're looking for another outfielder to, you know, you know, bring you, bring you, uh, bring you a solid bat off the bench, JBJ has never really been known as an offensive threat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if that, that wouldn't necessarily be the best trade chip to do. Kevin Pillar op- him- is kind of the same. Oh, what's up? Here. Put him in center, make him the nine guy, put him, um, put Verdugo and right back where, He's kind of more comfortable. Bring Runfro to the bench, and then seventh inning, you pinch it. Uh, I I still don't know. I mean, listen, I, I I love JBJ. I think he's I I loved him when he was here in Boston. But you know, I think it's time. You know, unless we were ever to bring him back here, maybe just as a free agent or you know, or in some other trade ship where you know we have better offense, I don't think that's the move we should be making at the deadline. Now, Kevin Pillar, you know, we are we already tried that here. You know. I'd love it to see worked him back here too. Tremendously. It, it, it worked great here when when he was here. I mean, you know, I, I shared the clip of you here when we when I went to the Mets game after he hit the pinch hit home run His uh, nose during DeGrom. I'm so happy. Oh yeah, it was great. You know, that was that Mets game was a ton of fun. I went to see Jacob DeGrom start. It, he gave up a, he unfortunately gave up his first run for the first time in like 30 innings. So that mm-hmm. was uh that was pretty unfortunate, but yeah, it was a good time. I mean, you know, Kevin Pillar, you know, went nuts, had a, you know, crazy pinch hit home run. And then, you know, some of my brother's teammates, they were driving back from the stadium. They just see him in his car and they start going nuts at it. And it was a great time. No, that's when it, for the people who don't know what we're talking about, go follow the Instagram at Pesky Paul podcast. And like I said, follow his at down to the wire, down dot to the wire. But when, um, when they were driving past them, you need to slow down. You need to go equal with them. Open your window and start losing your mind. Yeah, I, I, I think Whoever they, I think they probably did a huge disservice. Oh no, I, 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 I really blame Victor for that driving at that point. That was uh, Victor Rodriguez. Yeah, that, that's on you, bud. <laughs> yeah, Victor, if you're listening to this, screw you. You lost, <laughs> you lost my chance at a good Instagram clip. All right. Oh yeah. I, oh. Anyway, but there's a couple guys we can maybe trade for. We just got to speed it up this episode. We got a lot, actually. But one thing I want to ask you about. So the Red Sox offensively, right? We don't have that very good of a offensive presence in the um, on the bench. But our starters, mm-hmm. like I said, eight of them are league average and above. Yeah. The Red Sox are third in the league right now. Wow. In um, uh, batting average. 
Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> they are bad. I mean, I knew we had I knew we had one of the better offenses in baseball, but it's crazy to see how well we've been doing this year. We're not. They are batting 258. Yeah. And they're the third best team. There are six teams that are batting above a 250 right now. Astros, mm-hmm. Blue Jays, Red Sox, Angels, White Sox, Nationals. Only yeah, it, six teams. Yeah. It's weird to say it. I mean, it's weird to say it because, I mean, you know, you, you you want to celebrate for being one of the better offenses in baseball, and I'll I'll gladly take that uh take that mantle every day, but you know it has been weird to to celebrate where, where, where I'm just like oh we have the best offense in baseball, but then you hear but then you see about guys like Bobby Dahlbeck who are struggling so mightily at the plate, mm-hmm. and you know you know there have been a lot of people trying to talk about the speculation as to as to what's going on here, you know uh you know a lot of people th- have thought that foreign substance has, you know, played a, has played a tremendous role in it and spider tack and whatever Pelican grip or whatever the heck you're using is probably, it was probably impacting it of some sort. Cause I know since that, I know since uh, MLB has gone and started doing their checks, I, I know, you know, not only have pitchers, you know, kind of regressed into different forms, but you know, you've also seen the batting averages, batting averages and balls in play kind of go up and you know, games frankly have been more exciting because of it. Dude, I just found something. What's up? So you want to know the league batting average this year? What's up? The league, the league-wide batting average this year. Isn't it like 230? 240. 240. Okay, so it actually went up. I think it was I think it was down near 230 about about a couple weeks ago. So that actually just went up. The but last that's, that's abysmal. That happened. The last time, if we keep on this pace, you want to know the last time a team batted 240 or lower? When? 1968. When the team, <laughs> when the team, uh, when the league had a 237, the lowest ever recorded. The last time yeah. it happened before that was in 1908. The good old days. Where a team, where the league has batted 240 or lower, this will be only the fourth time ever. The other times were 1968, 1908, and 1888. Ah uh, yes, <laughs> those are the only times uh, yes. that the we've old had days a of batting baseball. average lower than two uh, two forty one. Yeah. That's sad. It makes you wonder, man. Like, no, nah, it, it's it really is sad, and it makes you like wonder. You know, you're seeing these pitchers get so much better. It makes you wonder, like, how how are we supposed to like get the offense back in baseball? Like, I know, I like, I know some guys talk about pushing back the mound. I'm ve- I'm vehemently against some I'm vehemently against something I'm, like that. But I'm just, what's up? I'm for bumping down the mound a little bit. I don't back it up. Do not back it up. Leave the mound 60 feet and 6 no. inches. That is proven to be effective, and teams can still have a good um, a good thing. But, yeah, I like Chase what the MLP is doing on trying to track down on um, sticky substances. I I can see it's not – they're not doing it the right way, but I like the effort. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, but other than that I, – I don't think they're doing it the right way whatsoever. Yeah, me too. Um. But other than that, we need to make the mound. I think it's what ten inches off the off the ground right now. Ten, probably. I think you experiment yeah. with bumping that down to eight or seven. Yeah. In all honesty, I mean, uh, here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of pitchers they practice going off flat ground, and I, and I know the mound for some guys can actually have like kind of a kind of a bad effect on them. Mm-hmm. But you know, I re- it, it does make me nervous that like. You know, like bumping a mound down like that kind of a height, 
it makes me nervous as to like, all right, what, how is this actually going to going to affect some guys? Like it, like, like could guys get hurt as a result of this? Cause I guess a lot of people are saying with the, with the foreign substance getting cracked down on so soon, you know, a lot, a lot of people were saying like, why didn't you guys wait till the all-star break to do this? Why didn't you guys wait till then to, you know, give these guys more time to say like, all right, we're not going to check here, but after the all-star break, we're checking. So be aware of that. And it could have maybe given them a little more time to do something with that. When it comes to the mound, that that's going to be really tough. I think for pitchers to adapt to, cause it's like, you're changing like everything that you've gone through growing up. And it's like, how the heck do I even adapt to this? Yeah. And I completely get it, but right now it's just, it's too, it's too overpowered. You know, it's, it's not statistically mm. fair, but fun fact, you want to know, um, guess the season that had the highest batting average. I'm going to say, uh, let's see, 1998, 1996. 19. Let me see if I can find it. I would have to say, I'd have to say it was sometime. I would, I would like to assume it was sometime during the steroid era. Cause I feel like that would just make the most sense. Cause of when, uh, when things are just flying off the chain, not even close. 1978. So if, if you will remember back to the good old days of 1894. Okay, yeah, great. When 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 the when the Washington Wild things were playing were playing the Toronto when we were playing the Toronto Turnbulls. Yeah, we get it, Robert. Like, yeah, if if you had Those, one hit back then, you were all you were all world. The 12 the 12 teams, right, that were in the MLB had a total of a total batting average of 309. Still stands the record today. Yeah, this is why people give the Celtics so much crap for for all the for all the titles they won back in the day because it's like it's like oh there were only eight teams in the league. Yeah, we can't talk about that. So we that that's a, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. Which they were probably they were probably pitching off. They were probably uh, hitting the ball off tees. To be frankly, <laughs> they probably it probably was t ball or you know also you know back then pitchers didn't even know how to throw right. So there there was the old motion of where they would go down and then up and then. It was like all old fashioned, probably through like that still and probably, you know, topped out at, I don't know, 50, 60 miles an hour. So that would explain it. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. But I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that most pitchers were pitching underhand. It was, it was a great, great time. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. What do I got next? If my laptop wanted to load. So <laughs> a couple days, we'll have the all-star game. Yeah. We have five all-stars. We lead the league in all-stars. I think it's where we go, but I think we should have had seven. Yeah. So our five all-stars, Bogarts, Devers, JD, Matt Barnes, and Nathan Nivaldi. I didn't really see Nathan Nivaldi bumping up to become an all-star, but he deserved it. Yeah. The other two guys, Verdugo, Whitlock, but... You can you can tell me Whitlock hasn't played enough innings. I'm saying cut the you know what because he pitched more innings than Aralds Chapman. Rob, I know you're trying to get Garrett Whitlock back on this show, but you don't have to sugarcoat him like that, buddy. I mean, you know, you know, I'm they, not. I'm being. I mean, dead serious. Say. He's one of the best pitchers on this team, and to see two pitchers get taken before he's, him, he's but doing great. This I can, year, I can bud, see but it. I mean, come he's on, got, like he's got all star selections want, coming. So, so I'm saying he's it, got, he'll have him in the future. That's 
that's what you got to hope for. Uh, mm-hmm. Verdugo. I mean, I, I love myself some some Alex Verdugo, but I think I think just give him some more time, and I think you know he'll he'll get them if he with the way he's playing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing. Um, is that what was I going to say? Both those guys are young. It's not like we're saying, oh, mm-hmm. they're in their prime; they deserve an all star. No, no. Verdugo's what twenty three, twenty four. Whitlock's twenty six. It's not exactly like these guys are hard pressed mm-hmm. for all stars for their career ends. But we have a league leading five people in the All-Star game. It's going to be beautiful to see. You definitely know I'm tuning in that All-Star game. I'm watching all those SOBs get in there and and whoop it. Oh, yeah. But the All-Star game is going to be a boatload of fun this year. Mm -hmm. I want to get into um, our mock draft real quick. Mm -hmm. And Red Sox are taking fourth because obviously we had a terrible, terrible year last year. We were god awful. Mm-hmm. So Pirates have the number one pick, and there mm-hmm. and the mock draft has them taking a shortstop named Marcelo Mayer, California high schooler. And it says okay. it says he might earn up to eight million dollars. Imagine that you're just getting out of high school, and you're averaging and you're going to be making eight point four million. Jesus. I mean, I mean, I got out of high school and I was bare and I was barely hitting above 300 on my summer league team. So, I mean, you know, if you gave me 8 million bucks, I'd be a lot happier. (laughs) All I'm going to say is out of high school, my high school, my senior season, I batted 396. Oh, wow. Thanks, Robert. (laughs) Yeah. Way to, way to hype yourself up. Yeah. I ended up uh, with an ERA of like 45. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There's the humility. Perfect. I mean, I mean, frankly, Adam's ERA, Adam's ERA at one point was like 36 and, it, and, and, you know, unfortunately for him, it, you know, we did get, he did get more chances. I think he got it down to 12. Uh, so he did get it down. Uh, but you know, we had, a. yeah, my high school season was weird. I, like it, it was a weird season. I remember I had like, uh, I started off really on a really good pace and then, uh, and then our, but what happened was our starting outfielder was out for, was out for a little bit and then he came back. And then like just time and stuff like that happened. And I kind of like lost some opportunities and I got into like a rut. And when it's a high school season, when you get into a rut, it's like the worst thing ever. Cause it's like the season's so short. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. So with I this. just like got screwed. Yeah. Here's the thing with this uh, mock draft. They have out of the top six picks for them are shortstops. Jeez. Well, actually, here's the thing. I can understand that for the most part. I can understand that for the most part because shortstop, you know, you look at that guy as a, as a position. When you see shortstop, you, you know that that guy is athletic. When you see a first baseman, it's like, okay, this guy could be a great athlete or he could, you know, or he could just be like an, or he could just be Adam Dunn and just like sit over there and not, not really do anything. So I think the reason you see a lot of shortstop is because Jacob DeGrom was a shortstop. A lot of guys, you know, coming up were shortstops and, you know, that provides a lot of athleticism. And, you know, and I think, I think in a lot of early drafts, it just means, it just means, I think it, I think for the most part, shortstop in the MLB draft just means athlete. It just means we're yeah. taking a ball player. Yeah. So that means, but I can name one team that doesn't necessarily need a shortstop. That's the Red yes. Sox. What do we need? Absolutely. We need some pitching. We need some pitching. There's a beautiful man out of Vanderbilt. He is a right-handed pitcher. 
and he on, said, no, I'm joking. Obviously, I'm talking. He said he wanted to. Um, he wanted a team that was a contender right now and for years to come. Said he wanted to be on a high profile team, doesn't want to sit through a rebuild, and has the ability to pay him lots of monies. <laughs> well, I'm and glad I to think... hear that Kumar Rocker is gonna be is gonna have a. I'm glad to hear that he's gonna be enjoying his time in Boston. Can't wait to see him up here in uh and can't can't wait to see him up here under the under the Fenway lights. But obviously, no. Uh, Jack Leiter is gonna. I I can't wait for him to come up here, man. Bro, imagine imagine Kumar falls to round two. <laughs> Kumar oh falls to round. Okay, no, there's no world, Robert. Robert. Okay, that, that that's like saying. That was like saying the Patriots were going to pick Trevor Lawrence number one in the draft. Like we were going to make some major trade and get him. Okay. We're not getting Kumar Rocker. We're not. You never know. You can't trade draft. We're not in the MLB, but I still, I still fit, which is kind of whack. It is, but eh, what are you going to do? All right. Yeah. So just, just wanted to talk about Jack Lighter real quick. Cause it's a beautiful man. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Having he's him on great. the team. He's, he's a great pitcher. And I, it's going to be insane. So yeah. we have our all-star break. We're going to have the um, draft selection soon. But so the way the MLB schedule works is every team has five days off for the all-star break. Except two mm-hmm. teams. Sox yeah. and Yankees have to only get four days off of from the all-star break. And they get right back mm-hmm. to it on Thursday against the Yankees. So both those teams kind of get screwed here. The ones that get screwed mainly are their all-stars. And Kiki had something to say about it. He said, the extra day from the break, the MLB took away from us for some reason. But whatever, that's them and their logic for making schedules. There's 28 teams that get four days off and two teams that don't. I'm obviously not an all-star, but I definitely feel like we needed a fourth day. For the guys that made the all-star game, it sucks. As much as it is a privilege for them to have been an all-star, especially for the first-timers, having to go all the way out to Colorado to play in the All-Star game and having all these emotions. Then to get back on a plane as soon as the game ends up and fly back to the East Coast and play a game in less than 24 hours. I mean, that's tough. But hey, MLB likes money and Red Sox Yankees makes money. Let there be money. No, exactly. It, that Kike spoke facts there. And and when he said, let there be money, he's completely right. Now, you're looking at the All-Stars, and, and and trying to think back on it again. You know, Barnes reliever, if you need to give him an, a quote-unquote off day, you can do that. You don't have to pitch Evaldi when, when he comes back. Bogarts, if you want to put Marwin over at shortstop, that, that you're welcome to do that too. And then our other two All-Stars were who again? Um, Barnes, we already talked about Evaldi, uh, Devers, Bogarts, and J.D. J.D.'s going to be DH, okay, so, so J.D. Yeah, J.D.'s, JD's the yeah, JD's the yeah, JD's fine. And then Raphael Devers, if you if you need to get another guy over third, Bobby Dahlbeck can play some third and you stick Danny Santana over at first base. There are plenty of solutions as to what you can do there. If you want to here's the thing. If if you're worried about if you're worried about saying, hey, the Red Sox and the Yankees, we gotta, you know, really get this game. I mean, listen, the Yankees aren't really doing too much anyway, anyways, this season so far. So, you know, if 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 game one against the Yankees doesn't necessarily go your way. It's not going to necessarily be the biggest problem. No, we have you know, to win. You have solutions. It's, that you it's can... a must win. <laughs> We're undefeated against them. You have solutions though, as you have solutions though, as to what you can do against the Yankees this year. There, it's not it's not an open and shut case, but you know you can you can make there are some things you can move around. I think mm-hmm. in my opinion. hundred oh, percent. There's there's little ways we can fix it. Yeah, but 
Um, I mean, listen, if I'm, there's no, there's no, it's not like a, it's not like it's uh, the NFL and, you know, and like Tom Brady is, and Tom Brady has to come back after a bye week or something like that. And like, it's not like you don't have the option to sit him because like, it's just like, he's too big of a star. Like, they, you know, guys get load managed every, like all the time. If, if they need another day to get ready, I'd rather have, I'd rather, you know, possibly, you know, possibly, you know, you know, you know, take the chances of a, of a game in July, not going our way versus, you know, guys breaking down in September because they, because they didn't get that extra day of rest. Now, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, but if that's what it means to, you know, keep our guys healthy, then screw it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the question is how much will that fifth day really help? You know, yeah. if, if it's gonna, obviously I'm not a professional baseball player. I don't know what the rigorous schedule is like, but these guys have played in between 80 and 90 games this year. Right, they need yeah. a break to be able to go for the other seventy or so games that they have to play for the rest of the season, not even including playoffs. And they get what two, if that, off days a month. Yeah. So giving that fifth day is probably very big, and not even for just mm-hmm. the all stars, just for everyone else in general. Mm-hmm. But hey, Kike, Kike, I think said it best. Let there be money. Yeah, I think he did. I think he did. That's gonna be my new quote. Just let there be money. Let there be money. I like it. So, finally, we we did we did have one other topic, but I want to keep away from that until all the facts are in place. And most of you can put two and two together to see what topic I'm talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. We we can. Uh, I I would definitely say wait for everything. I'm, coming I'm gonna wait that. for the facts. But finally, something a little bit in our minor league news. Some guy that. People really don't like anymore because we traded it away, Benny, for him. French Cordero down in the minor leagues has still been struggling. All right, so I'll I'll see if I can find his minor league numbers, but it hasn't been looking pretty down the woods. I thought he was hitting like four hundred in the minors. Frankly, I thought he was like going off in the minor leagues. Is he? Everyone thinks that Franchi Cordero is going to be the next Rosny Castillo. They're already calling him the Wonder of Worcester. I mean, <laughs> they already have the names all picked out for him. It's it's great. Like, Let me see if I can find. It's unfortunate, but. You know, and here's the thing too. You, you you were saying don't really like anymore. Now, I oh, I damn. was hopeful with with Cordero. I was hopeful with Cordero. Not really. But did Adam Wright ever have any uh ever have any expectations for Franchi Cordero? No. But all I gotta say is um, he's batting three sixty five in the minors. Exactly. No, I told you he's he's hitting like like I think when I went to a game he was like hitting like three eighty. It was like he's at, like he's tearing up in the minors, but you get him against these big league arms and it's just not computing. Mm-hmm. Say it with me though. Damn. No, he's 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 playing great. It's a slight sign of hope, but the Red Sox are experimenting with him at first base, bring him back up, make him a backup mm-hmm. first baseman, run a trio of. Dahlbeck, um, Chavis, and Cordero at first on off days. Um, Chavis can switch over to second if he's on a hot streak. Uh, Dahlbeck can play third when Devers needs a break. There's going to be opportunities for him to play. He's not going to be an everyday guy. Switch Danny Santana, get get him out. He did his part when we needed him to, to kind of rejuvenate him with a little bit of a losing streak. He comes in, hits a home run. We go back on a little bit of winning streak, get where we need to. But I say at this point, just the average is killing us too much. Get rid of him. Let Cordero come back up. It all depends on how he's doing defensively. Yeah, it does. I mean, listen, you know, 
I don't want to put a guy at a position just because it means that we can get his bat in the lineup. Because, like, I mean, I mean, for some guys, it's like, okay, we get it. Like, if it, if it meant, uh, you know, when it when it came to David Ortiz in the World Series, like you're gonna put that guy at first base. You know, he's a quality, he's a pretty decent first baseman, but you need his bat in the lineup. When it comes to Francis Cordero, I'm not dying to get his bat back in the lineup by just trying him out at any other position. We saw what happened when 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 the Red Sox were trying to figure out how to get Hanley Ramirez to work with us. And, and they, they were like, oh, let's stick him in left field. That'll work fine. No, it didn't. That was a train wreck. And then they and, and it was such a train wreck. They had to transition to first base before the end of that season. And that barely worked, worked it, worked that self out. Like it, came, it that even came to the point where they had to cut him because of it. Like he they DFA'd him because he just wasn't performing enough. Mm-hmm. No. So when it comes to the Red Sox, at, you know, trying guys at new positions, it's a mixed bag. I hope that they can figure it out, but I'm not. I'm not too optimistic mm-hmm. with that. I mean, I I hope for the best, but eh, I'm I'm a little nervous there, Rob. Yeah, I don't blame you. There's there's some things to be a little bit nervous about, but mm-hmm. honestly, at this point, it's it's been a failed experiment with Franchi so far. Why not try and twist something yeah. around with him? It's not like it's going to affect anyone else. And plus, we already have one of the worst defenses in the league. All right, we can't get much worse than this. Fair enough. You know, so I'm I'm all yeah. No, it's fair enough to say that. But yeah, you what, might as well try anything you can at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe he's maybe he's our next All Star first baseman. Who knows? Maybe. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but with that being said, you got anything else to say to the people before we close out? You know, all, all I can say at this point is, it, uh, you know, all in all, great show uh, for uh, for anyone who's wondering, you know, about my uh, for anyone who's maybe discovering me for the first time. Uh, my name is Brian Costa. I'm the host of the Down to the Wire podcast. You can follow that on anywhere you get your podcasts and now including Apple Podcasts. Thank God finally go got over to there. Uh, but, you know, you know, you can follow us on all those platforms. But the main hub you can reach us through is our Instagram. You can follow that at down to the wire again at down to the wire. Rob, thank you so much for having me on, man. It was a blast. Before I let you go, first, give me one good thing that happened this week to you. You know, uh, you know, one good thing that happened to me this week. It actually just happened very recently. I just wrapped uh, doing a doing a show myself. I was uh, I was actually recording it. I was actually recording an episode with uh, you know, a guy that a guy that I was really uh, a guy that I, I'm really pretty was interested to get this guy on my show. He's a comedian. Uh, his name is Matt McCarthy. He works with uh, he's worked in the past with guys like Conan O'Brien. He's worked with the WWE and with College Humor. Uh, he's appeared in films such as The Other Guys and different things like that. And I was really excited to get this guy on the show because you know it was a it was a real blast. And you know he was a lot of fun. I just put out the just put out uh, episode 70, 71 of my show. It's out now, so go check that out after once you're done listening to this episode. But all in all, that was a great part of my week. Man, that is awesome. But with that being said, you get to see more videos of this man. So you get to see that beautiful haircut when he gets when he goes live and he does a lot of interviews and stuff like that. He runs it twice a week. Okay, don't don't do that. I know they can't see you. <laughs> don't that was that was weird. All right, but with that being said, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you stick around for next week where we will have episode eighty. Hopefully we can have Adam, who I know none of you are excited to see, but he hasn't been on in a hot minute, so I'm not. <laughs> we almost had him on the show, but because, like I said, we're we're in the process of selling our house. We had a showing happen, and my mother literally came in and said, "Hey, we have a showing in ten minutes. Get out." And Adam had to go because he's a, he's a massive simp. Adam, if you're listening to this, stop simping so hard. All right. Actually, no. Adam, just secure the bag, buddy. 
Yes. Just secure the bag. Secure the bag. <laughs> All right. Bros before hubs. That's all I'm going to say. I probably shouldn't have said that. But anyway, Not with that care. being said, huge thank you to you guys for sticking around this late into the episode. God bless you guys. Make sure you follow Brian at Down Dark the Wire, like he said, and to Spotify and Instagram. will be located down below in the description. God bless you guys. Let's roll that out to music. See you next time. Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's, I just wanna keep moving Keep my head up when I act, head up, that's a fact Never looking back, I'ma keep myself on track Keep my head up, staying strong, always moving on Feel I don't belong, tell my thoughts to move along Push myself to be the best, die with no regrets Live with every breath, see my message start to spread And I had so many dreams, then you hit your teens Life ain't really what it seems, try to find out what it means Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow Till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's I just wanna keep moving Yeah, I put out all the art It's my only medicine Yeah, everything I do I'm just being genuine Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed Feel my own adrenaline Yeah, I do just what I do And I hope you let me in Let me in, Listen up, cause I'll only say it once I'm gonna show you all the path If you want it bad I'm gonna show you where it's at Yeah, how you can get it back Yeah, cause I ain't never done I'll be number one Working hella hard until I get just what I want Yeah, rise just like the sun Yeah, fatal like a gun Shooter's gonna shoot and I'm gonna shoot until I fall Always do it on my own So I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow Till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's I just wanna keep moving Yeah, I put out all the art It's my only medicine Yeah, everything I do I'm just being genuine Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed Feel my own adrenaline Yeah, I do just what I do And I hope you let me in Let me in, yeah Stable, oh yeah, no label, oh yeah, you know me, I 